Welcome to the RVTravel.com podcast. Scott Linden here, your guide, as we venture down the road or into the field or wherever the hell else you're going. Glad you could join me. Hope you're listening while you are traveling somewhere fun to enjoy the freedom, flexibility that RV travel brings us. Great show in store for you. Our in-house new RV expert, Tony Bartle, will be joining me, talking about some of the most clever, coolest, innovative RVs he's seen in recent months. So if you're shopping or just curious, we've got something for you. We got all the hot stuff coming up. Tony Bartle will be joining us. But that's not all. Trying to keep you up on the things that are important to you. We got an RV recall. Yeah, you want to hear about this one, believe me. We'll talk about some of the news affecting destinations and who's RVing these days. And if you're a Tesla fan, we also have something for you that um, probably isn't what you think it is. Let's leave it at that. It's all brought to you by Clear2O, TeardropShop.com, and CampgroundViews.com. So please tell them we sent you. Uh, over here, <clears throat> under the trailer, working on a few little things over the weekend, getting ready for, well, our, um, our next trip together as a married couple, and then, um, then hunting season. So um, getting all squared away before we go. Still waiting, maybe you are too, for some spare parts. Six to eight weeks is the estimated delivery time on the new awning for my rig. So uh, hope you're not putting up with any delays on critical pieces of your own RV. Other than that, uh, what's on your mind these days? Well, uh, you know, stolen RVs right off the dealer lot. That's crazy talk. Find out more about that and some of the other hot topics every day at rvtravel.com. Road disrepair. This time of year, everybody's kind of finally feeling it in their back and their kidneys, probably. And then looking at, you know, uh, the post-Labor Day travel scene and what's going on there. A lot of chat about, well, what, you know, why shouldn't we be surprised at all the talk about Fire damage to campgrounds and destinations. Yeah, it is happening. I was out doing a little scouting over the weekend and uh, saw some fascinating examples of that. We got lucky. Uh, other people didn't. Uh, so far, so good in our neighborhood. But if you're going someplace in the West, in particular, you might want to just look around on well, on all the places that you think you should, and then check in with rvtravel.com. They'll cover up any of the gaping holes that you might find in other sources. You know, every week at rvtravel.com, uh, Emily Woodbury, our editor, poses a survey question. Ask your opinion on something, what you're doing, how you're doing it, why you're doing it. Black water seems to be a very hot topic, pardon the pun, in that world. So um, she asked, how accurate are your holding tank gauges? Well, we'll talk about that later on in the podcast. You might be surprised at, 
everybody else's opinion. I'll share some of those with you as well. Uh, I have my own for what it's worth. So uh, we'll share that later on. So hold on. First, some news. Um, Yellowstone National Park, our first national park, hosted 1.08 million visits in July of 2021. The most visited July on record. Whew. I think they were all over a Grand Prismatic Spring when I was there, but, uh, you know, they still had a good time. You know, just for the record, that's a 13% increase from July 2020 and 15% up from July 2019. That's a lot of bear jams and uh, ice cream cones at one of the lodges. So far in 2021, the park has hosted almost 2.7 million visits. Numbers are fascinating, especially this one. According to the RV Industry Association, the number of RVers under 45 year old with fifth, with children living at home going up dramatically. 57% of current owners in this demographic grew up with RVs, but the increase is 27% of all current RV owners. Yeah, that's right. Under 45 year old is 27% uh, of all RV owners these days, 27%. That is a big crowd. No, you might have your own opinions on that or even on why that's happening. It seems like the data tells us it's because we are now more mobile. Whether we can work remotely or we're not working at all, Fascinating stuff. And the RVTravel.com podcast is brought to you in part by Clear 2O. And that's their website address as well. Clear, number two, letter O, dot com. Marine inline, I'm sorry, marine and RV inline water filters. And their sediment filter, the Dirt Guard. That filters all, all the big particles, uh, 20 microns and larger takes all of that stuff out of the equation for your inline water filter, which then will filter what's left down to one micron. It gets all the funny smells and tastes out of your water, no matter where it came from. Put the two together and you've got a incredible, incredible water filter system. Clear2o.com is where you learn more. Check out the five-star reviews. And remember, free shipping in the lower 48 for any purchase of over $100. Looking forward to this one for weeks and weeks. Finally got, got through to him, and he said, yeah, I guess I'll help you out a little bit. Tony, Tony Barthel joins us. You know that name. His byline is almost daily at rvtravel.com, and... Uh, the guy is doing what we all wish we could do, taking a look at all the coolest, newest, most innovative uh, tra travel trailers, fifth wheels, campers, and motor coaches, and probably some other interesting stuff as well. Tony, welcome to the RVTravel.com podcast. Oh, thank you, Scott. It's a pleasure, honor, and a privilege to be here. Well, um, I, you know, I, I think we ought to jump right in and find out why, why you love this aspect so much of, uh, of the industry. Tell me a little bit about how you got started 
writing about this stuff and then uh, and particularly um, where where you have ended up so far? Well, um, it goes back a long ways. When I was a wee lad, I would go to the Pomona Fair because I grew up in L.A., although I uh, grew up as a argued a arguable term yeah. my wife doesn't isn't convinced that's happened yet but anyway uh i grew up in la and my family would take us kids to the pomona fair and of course the normal children would go off and look at the animals and the ride the rides and all that i'd go and annoy all the rv salespeople and look at all the rvs <laughs> and uh i it was it, yeah i was that kid and then uh, i later wrote a syndicated car column about new cars for years and years and uh, then ended up in the RV business because I've always enjoyed RVs. Uh, my first RV I purchased when I was 11. So there you go. Oh my goodness. Uh, it was a Tonka Winnebago, so don't be too impressed. <laughs> had to mow a lot of lawns for that. I just, and I still have it. So. You know, when was the last time anybody said to me, Tonka? Right? Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, I mean, you could ride that thing. It, it was built like a tank. Yeah, I remember um, the fire engine version of that. Um, oh, yeah. You could actually hook up a garden hose to that thing, you, and then you would get a ride, you know. <clears throat> well, what, you know, what is it that's most fascinating to you, not about the products themselves, but about RVing in general? It's, it's just a way to take your you know, your bed and your toilet and your kitchen with you and just see this amazing, incredible country. I mean, whatever type of view or destination or activity or passion you're interested in, you bring your house with you and, and it's right there while you're enjoying that. You know, I use the term freedom a lot more in the last month or so than I have before about this idea, but that's because I'm experiencing it in many ways. Um, tell me about your last RV trip. Did you, did oh. anything in particular that freed you from the bounds of civilization, whatever you define that as? Oh, it was, it was terrific. We went for two months. We toured Route 66 from beginning to end, or actually from end to beginning, because we started in Santa Monica. Uh, we went all the way to Indiana and toured some RV factories. Then we came out west and slept at a lot of breweries, because with the Harvest Hosts, you can do things like that. And it was just two months well spent, and we're planning to leave in a couple of weeks for another two-month journey. Well, I can relate to every bit of that, especially the brewery part. Um, I'm a home brewer, and I'm always oh. I'm so I geek out when I go to those guys, and I and I apologize in advance, Harvest Hosts, because I'll be there pestering you like Tony used to pester the RV dealers down at the Pomona Fairgrounds, <laughs> one of my stomping grounds as well. So, yeah, uh, um, what was the highlight of that whole trip? Because I want to share mine. Well, you know, I think it was the Black Hills where we went to Custer State Park and saw the, um, oh my gosh, I, uh, Mount Rushmore and Crazy Horse. And I, I just really liked that. But also watching how RVs are built was fascinating and somewhat scary. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I think I owned that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, what you know? Without naming names, what scared you most about your your education in in the RV world when you were back there? Well, what I, I will uh, start with the good because I, I always like doing that. What really impressed me was touring a Lippert chassis factory and watching these guys. It was like a ballet. I mean, these guys, these people—I shouldn't say guys—these individuals on the line just worked so seamlessly well together. It was that really impressed me watching the chassis be built. Um, what surprised me, having watched cars and trucks be built at car factories, there is almost no automation in the RV industry. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I mean, I knew it was true, but to see it in person, it's just so odd to watch things be built completely by hand. I bet, you know, who, who, until you mentioned it, I'd had never have thought of that. Um, but it's absolutely true, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, you, you watch, you know, you think of the auto industry of the late seventies and just the sloppy quality control. Um, and then they just got into automation and better processes and cars now, I mean, you, you cannot buy a bad car unless it's a complete fluke. Whereas RVs, boy, I mean, even a good brand from one to the next, it, it may be quite different, your experience. You know, I want to get back to that because, you know, I'm not an antique kind of guy, but I watch Antiques Roadshow every once in a while on public television. <laughs> and you know why? Especially the British version. If you can get that on BBC, even better. Um, I like it because I like watching people who know what they're doing. And you, when you were describing you know, kind of that ballet in a in an RV factory, I thought of that. And then I was a musician, and uh, you watch a great band, and you, yeah. there there is something there's a chemistry, but it's beyond. It's like mental telepathy, and I'm sure the same is true. It's mental telepathy with power tools. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. You watch, uh, we have a lot of uh, street bands and, and live performances here, and we'll get people where I live. It's close enough to Sacramento and San Francisco that we get quote unquote name brand musicians who sure. will sit in with a local street band. Yeah. And just the, the knowledge where they just sit in, and it sounds like they've been practicing together for years when it's really the first time they met. It's, it, that blows me away. As somebody who, used to play an instrument myself okay and just well, i still do okay well, you mean besides the radio well no no <laughs> I, I i i used to play woodwinds like clarinet and sure. sax and all that and now i i shouldn't exclude what i play today it's the washboard ah uh, yes <laughs> <laughs> welcome in any bluegrass band um anywhere in the world yeah well, we'll jam some time. I, I know 11 chords on the guitar. All right. So, so uh, you're listening to the RVTravel.com podcast. My name is Scott Linden. I'm the, um, the the host and impresario. The expert guest today, Tony Bartel. Barthel. Uh, you know, I'm going back to German there. Uh, yep. uh, Tony Barthel, you recognize that name as one of the most popular writers at the RVTravel.com uh, website. Um, you've also got a new project 
that you've talked to me about a little bit. What, what, tell us a little bit about <laughs> what you're doing there, because either you're going to scare us off or you're going to encourage us to do the same thing. Well, I've been a fan of vintage stuff for quite some time. I, I assume you were talking about the aristocrat. Mm -hmm. um, I have had vintage RVs in the past, um, including one that many of our listeners will go, huh? But I had a 1964 Chevrolet Corvair Corvan camper at one point, which we love taking to car shows. Um, we bought uh, just last week a 1970 Aristocrat Landliner, uh, which is a two-axle vintage, you know, 1970. It's not that old, but it's not that new. But it's one of the few vintage trailers I've come across with a bathroom in it, and oh, I, yeah. and it was original from the you know. And did you know that at in the '60s, Aristocrat actually was the largest RV manufacturer in terms of number of units sold in the world. Well, you can't leave it at that, Tony. Um, length, color, oh. other features. <laughs> well, uh, it's about 21 feet long. Uh, about 3,000 pounds. The color is, well, currently. there are, <laughs> yeah, currently the color is rattle can white because it had been occupied by people who come to our area to trim marijuana plants. Uh, they also bothered to spray paint all the windows over ah. because, you know, curtains, who needs them when you got a rattle can? Um, so we have to undo some of that. But structurally, I was really surprised at the condition of this. It is it is highly restorable, and I have the ability to screw up enough that hopefully it won't be too bad when we're done, and then we are going to actually use it and take it to vintage trailer rallies, which we really enjoy. Well, Tony, um, and we uh, by the way, we will talk about new, cool, innovative RVs <laughs> in a moment or two. <laughs> I promise everybody we will. Uh, but first, um, because so many of us entertain this notion, and you're slightly deeper, if not all the way up to your ears in it, what is the <laughs> most daunting prospect you're seeing so far? Scare us off if you must, but what do well, you think is going to be the biggest challenge? Oh, it's always the same on any vintage RV water damage. I mean, uh -huh. they just, they didn't seal them that well. People don't take, I mean, that's true of vintage and new RVs. Yeah. Water damage is, is the enemy. And so the scary thing on any resto of anything like that is you peel away, you, you look and you go, oh, that water damage isn't that bad. And then you take away a piece and it's like, uh-oh. <laughs> and then next thing you know, you've got, you know, an entire sidewall off and you're replacing most of the wood or whatever it happens to be. So um, there's not much water damage on here, but I know that what lies beneath the skin can be, you know, the devil you, you didn't see. Well, but the price was right. So, um, oh, good, yeah. good luck on that. And if, you know, if nothing else, you can always tow it to the scrap yard and, uh, and give up. No, no way. Not me. <laughs> okay, everybody, no, there's be... there you go. There's his commitment, and you have witnesses. Absolutely. Yeah, right. lots. Excellent. All right. So um, when I first mentioned this podcast to you and asked you to be on it, 
I, I gave you a, a bit of an assignment. I wanted you to take a look at some of the stuff you've seen in the last few months or even years that is truly innovative, that is really cool, that most of us maybe hadn't heard much about if we've heard about them at all. So let, let's just start working down the list. What do you want to start with in that world? Well, let's start with the Palomino uh, Revolve EV1. Because one of the things the RV industry is seeing is, you know, we all, I mean, it's all over rvtravel.com, of course. Uh, the whole fact that so many of us are now interested in the RV lifestyle and going RVing, that campgrounds are having difficulty keeping up. So even if we built a ton of campgrounds, it's going to be years before they ever see the light of day. And so the RV manufacturers are following the trend of more boondocking. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're watching all these forums. And I run a big uh, forum that has like 8,300 people in it that um, is a, specific, a brand specific forum. And the discussion is ever more about off grid power systems. So we're talking lithium batteries and solar panels to, to boil it down. And so the RV manufacturers are looking at this and you're going to see more and more 2022 model RVs with pretty significant solar systems like that Palomino Revolve EV1, which comes with, uh, you would think I would have written this down. It's four, four lithium batteries, yeah, four 100 <laughs> watt solar panels on the roof, right? Uh, four lithium batteries and a Renogy 3000 watt inverter, and you can actually run the air conditioner with that system. Well, you know enough about this stuff. I, I, my eyes glaze over when you start talking about watts and amps and, and, and that sort of thing. So, so everything's running on electricity, and in this case, battery power. So, so how long do you think we might be able to stay somewhere with, with our average use of those kinds of power sources? Well, if you're going to use the air conditioner, you might get three or four hours at the uh, most. Mm -hmm. um, they have reduced the size of the air conditioner in that, and now they're including the all the things equivalent to the RV soft start that you and I love and know so well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so they they are making it so that it, it'll work off the batteries, but you're still not going to get unless you get a monster bank of batteries you're not going to get more than three or four hours on the air conditioner because that's anytime you change temperature with electricity you really use a lot of electricity you know it's funny i, I every <laughs> i was almost stranded on my electric motorcycle yesterday because <laughs> once you get down past about half it drops really fast um are those are those this you know similar problems uh, that we need to be aware of in these all electric uh, RVs? No, not really. I would say that you know you 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 keep an eye on consumption, and of course you're bringing in 400 watts of of power theoretically with this rig, um, and so you can. I mean, my rig I have two 100 amp hour batteries on it and a single 80 watt solar panel and we never have had an issue with that so with 400 watts of solar and 400 amp hours of lithium 
you you should be fine but again it depends on where you're camping so we will go like for example this weekend we're going to the coast we're never going to touch that air conditioner sure yeah so you know i i try to go where as jimmy buffett would sing where the weather suits my clothes yeah um which is a great great line um you know i got a dumb question but you're you're the right guy to ask it because you're so kind to people like me with dumb questions why why not propane as well it's still self-contained it you know you can still boondock with it and you'd have so many options when it came to refrigeration and heating and all cooking well, that is a very good question to which I completely agree because if I were, if I only had one source of power, which that trailer does, it even heats with the electricity. Yeah. And I, I can bet you that you, there's going to be winter days. If you're, you know, winter, obviously the sun is lower and there's less of it. You know, the duration of sunlight hours is shorter. I could see you getting into trouble with that and breaking out the generator and kind of, you know, counteracting the whole thing. I think that a better implementation of this is the Venture RV Sonic X. And the X line is, uh, again, a lot of solar and uh, battery. And they still use a propane electric refrigerator and a propane heater and propane stove and all of that. And that, you know, liquid energy liquid fuel propane or gasoline or diesel just has a lot of energy in it and yeah. that to me makes more sense that would be if i were off gridding i mean we had our propane electric refrigerator running for 10 days and the only reason that we didn't continue off one tank is that we got home we didn't need to run it anymore so <laughs> i like those kind of limitations yeah uh, I, <laughs> speaking of limits i'm gonna let you rest for a moment gotta pay the bills around here tony barthel will be back with us in just a moment we've also got some more news uh there's a recall that you want to know about survey results on that uh tank gauge question all coming up right here on the rvtravel.com podcast tony will be back in just a moment in the meanwhile let me remind you that the podcast is brought to you in part by teardropshop.com veteran active duty they've got a military discount for you 10% off for anybody who signs up for the newsletter. You'll get a discount code the moment you sign up. Anything in the way of parts or accessories for your tear, teardrop trailer of all sorts. The little guy, tab, RPOD, anybody else who's building one, even your home-built ones. If you built them the right way, you can probably add some of their stuff right onto it, just like it came out of the factory. Teardrop shop com is where you get more information and if you want information on who's building what out there and you can't talk to tony on a personal basis like i can knock wood go to rvtravel.com slash who makes what 72 digital pages of all the manufacturers and all the trailer travel uh tra trailers rvs of all sorts brand names that they are building you can figure it out for yourself instead of having to call somebody and waste their time too it's all at rvtravel.com slash who 
makes what? And as I said, Tony, that's your cue. Tony Barthel. Just dance right across the stage. Join me at the microphone there. That's the Tony's on the right side. I'm on the left side. If you have stereo speakers and if you're driving down the road, don't swerve either way. Just keep it between the white lines and uh, every and the shiny side up, as they say. Tony Barthel, you know that name from RVTravel.com. Tony, you also have your own website. What's the name of that? Stresslesscamping.com. Man, I ought to be on there every day. Can we yeah. uh, do it? Do we meditate first or what? Uh, you know, oh, if you. <laughs> Well, and, and that came out of my experience. I worked at an RV dealer too. Mm -hmm, I, I mm -hmm. neglected to mention that, but I just kept seeing the same questions over and over and over again. And I thought, you know, there should be one place to go look. Um, and of course, RV travel is a fantastic resource, as is the guide that you mentioned, that uh, list of who makes what. I use that regularly. Um, but just trying to, to help folks out is, is the goal. Well, we appreciate that. And it's funny how many people in our world, uh, and by that I mean the RV media world, if you want to call it that, um, are in it because they have this kind of helpful streak. And, uh, and they're helping in whatever way they are most facile at helping. Sometimes it's a video and it's entertaining. Sometimes it's uh, what you do. Uh, sometimes there's a kind folk or two who listens to the RVTravel.com podcast. Thank you, Roger and Jim and Mary Lou. I think that's the audience right there. Um, so let's get back to these cool, innovative, new, radical eye-catching, whatever we want to call them, uh, RVs that are on the market or about to be on the market. What's next, Indeed. What's next on your list? Well, let's talk about RVs and towing in general. Okay. And one of, one of the questions everybody always asks is, well, how many miles to a gallon do you get? Looking at a small trailer, we, our main trailer is a 190 Rockwood 1905, which is a single axle small trailer, and people say, "Oh, you must get great mileage with that." Well, no, it's about the same as you get with your big trailer, um, because what affects fuel economy in once you're going highway speed isn't so much weight as resistance in the air or yeah. aerodynamics. Sure. Who'd so, have that? <laughs> isn't that funny? Well, hauling a barn through the air is it it just takes a certain amount of energy and mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. fuel that you're putting in your tank. So uh there's a company in Colorado called Colorado Teardrops, and they have a forthcoming teardrop called the Boulder. Uh it is specifically designed for use with electric vehicles, although I'm sure you could tow it with your with your regular vehicle too but the the thing about this thing is it's got a 75 kilowatt battery built into the floor now to look at that number that is comparable to some tesla vehicles although the tesla that tows is the model x and that has a hundred kilowatt hour battery mm -hmm. in the under the floor but the objective with this with this teardrop is twofold. One, it was actually tested aerodynamically. In other words, they nowadays you can do all this stuff on a confuser, and so they they tested this thing being towed behind a, a Tesla Model X and kind of refined the shape to cut through the wind a little bit better. 
So that's one of the things that they went uh, that they did with this. The other with that battery, you can literally charge your car off the trailer. Well, okay. Now, even I know as a music major, that requires something in the way of a two-way connection that usually we want to avoid, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's when you're stopped and there's a plug that it has on it and you can take that ah, plug and plug it into your, right. yeah. So it's not through that seven-pin connector, but rather there's a plug where you plug it into the side of your car. So the, the idea is, let's say your your car gets a 300 mile range just well let's let's use 400 because that's easier to divide by four for my brain <laughs> uh, so let's say you've got a 400 mile range and then towing this thing because it's aerodynamic reduces you by 25 percent. so now you've got 300 miles well 300 miles is all i ever want to go in a day but if i go to the mountains and i you know do some off-grid camping there's no place to charge that car. So I could go, I could get there, but I'm not getting back unless I push. Heavy. <laughs> yeah. And, and just for the record, you know, we'd all know there's a town in Colorado by the same name and the trailer does not aesthetically resemble a boulder now, does it? Well, it's, it's more of a turtle, I guess, because it is, it is a teardrop. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of, so. kind of low, kind of domey. Um, um, if you're a little bit claustrophobic, maybe you need to buy something else. But if you are really deep into the e-vehicle thing, this might just be the perfect uh, solution for you, huh? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it has the advantage of being able to charge the EV. So you could go your 300 miles, get to your campground, charge it up and make it back at least enough to get to a charging station. Sure. Or if you go to a campground that has a 50 amp plug, you can theoretically charge your car through that. So it's, you know, it's just, it's more options is what it boils down to. And, and I know that whenever I mention EVs, people just lose their minds. You have people who are just huge fans of EVs and then people who wouldn't touch them with a 10 foot pole, but they're out there and, and coming and, um, it's it's a reality we're dealing with and we'll see what happens right none of us have a crystal ball well you know both of those that we've talked about so far um seem to be designed and built for a certain i'll call it psychographic there are people who would kill to boast about having an all electric rv uh setup uh, and so those people on the, you know, the leading edge, if you will, are going to jump all over this stuff. The rest of us, we're maybe a little bit more set in our ways. You got anything for us? Well, yeah. And, and just to, to reinforce your point, uh, we didn't talk about this in advance, but the Cyberlander uh, pickup camper that's mm-hmm. supposed to go on the Tesla Cybertruck, they have $80 million of pre-orders. Yeah. Yeah. You, so it's incredible. <laughs> and, yeah. And you talk about um uh folks who want to be on the uh the you know the 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 the, the leading edge it's those Tesla owners. So I'm not surprised. Oh, it doesn't surprise yeah. me. Yeah. That as much as I appreciate electric cars that truck does not appeal to me but that's personal, 
right? We can't all like chocolate chip cookies. There's got to be room for peanut butter or whatever. Um, I'll take one of each, please. How about yeah, something right. a little bit more traditional in the in the RV world for the rest of us? Well, let's talk about Alliance Travel Trailers or Alliance RV. Okay. They're a relatively new company, and they started out by surveying thousands of people about what they do and don't like about their high-end fifth wheels, looked at all that information, and then just built it. And they have really made an impact on the RV industry because sitting in their their products that I've been able to thus far, it's it's hard to find anything I don't like about them. They're just really hit all the all the points right on the head and one of the things I look at when I look at an RV is not so much what do the cabinets look like or what does the furniture look like and all of that that's subjective but I look at what kind of chassis are they using what kind of suspension are they using Um, those kind of things that'll make a material difference five years down the road and boy they're just they're just nailing it I really like the Alliance paradigm a lot but now they've got the Avenue, which is a smaller, sort of mid-profile fifth wheel, and I, uh, I, I was really impressed with what I saw with them. You know, I got a, I got, I, I used to sell market research, and I used to use it a lot when I was in the advertising business, and and it amazes me how seldom does anybody ask potential buyers what they really want in a formal way. Yeah, and then you have to be able to, as you well know, you have to be able to interpret that data too. <clears throat> and that is, that's where the devil is, is in those details. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because as, you know, you can't focus group at Disneyland. It takes one guy with a crazy imagination to think that a, a mouse-run amusement park is going to sell. And it does. Yes, go figure. <laughs> and by the way, happy 50th anniversary to Walt Disney World as well. So, oh, uh, man, yeah. If you haven't seen the commercial yet, you will be assimilated. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, you you talked about a camp a pickup camper uh in our short list as well, and I'm I'm intrigued because well, maybe like you, maybe like many of uh of of the folks out there that are listening right now, I want one of each, uh, you know, f- for every trip I have a specific use and, and that's on my short list too. So tell me about that. Um, the base camp, Loki base camp, Loki base camp. That company has been converting shipping containers, um, and makes the Loki box and the, they really think very differently. So that thing it's it's kind of how the materials and the structure uh there's sort of a swirl pattern to the to the materials that they use um it has a giant hatchback in the back like a swing up door in the back that gives you access to the interior of the camper so you could actually put your bikes and kayaks in there um it's again this one also has a a solar panel system uh 360 watts of solar and 600 amp hours of batteries uh so back to that boondocking thing um they they're big on that but it's just a very different product 
from what you typically expect. However, they're also very expensive. I'm, I'm so, afraid to ask. I'm, I'm looking at it now, and I bet I could find that price somewhere down at the bottom. But it looks like it is uh, overbuilt, is a, a safe way to describe it, in my opinion. Yeah, in talking to the company, their goal was that you keep the camper and keep trading pickup trucks. <laughs> I mean, that's the that's the way they thought about it. They're like, we want to build something that's good for this pickup, but then the next one and the next one after that. Well, so. that's uh, yeah. If you could afford to buy another pickup, because here it is: the base camp camper starts at a hundred and thirty-five grand. Yeah, not not your your garden variety camper that might be more for example the lance that i reviewed mm -hmm. the other day and mm -hmm. i really like lance campers quite a bit um they they do they do a, a great job with what they build one of the last rv manufacturers in california most of the rest have either turned off the lights or or what <laughs> yeah and, and you know it's funny i i had some conversations with them about two marketing directors ago way back and watch them move from somewhere to somewhere in California. And I was amazed even back then that they stayed there. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, imagine the, the cost of labor and health insurance and materials and shipping and on and on and on. Uh, it's, it's not, California is not the most business friendly environment for manufacturing, but oh, they are still sure. here right. and they're doing a great job. Well, let's talk about one more in that kind of same vein. You had something for those of us who like our Jeeps. Yeah, and, and you see a lot of those um, Jeep Gladiators mm -hmm. coming to market, mm -hmm. which is sort of a Jeep-looking pickup truck. But what about camping in it? And so there is the Alucab Canopy pickup camper, which is a very lightweight but very convertible for lack of a better description piece of camping gear so it, it's essentially an empty box and you can kind of do with it what you will but it's got if you remember the old volkswagen pop top campers sure. where yeah. it's hinged at one end and kind of swings up and there's a tent there it's got that on the roof you can get a 270 degree canopy for the outside that forms like a shade cover so you can, it's really like a transformer. You take this Jeep with a simple box on the back and all of a sudden you've got stand-up space and a huge awning and you can even get a shower tent and all of that. So it's it's kind of slick. I mean, it, it it's light enough that it makes sense to carry in that vehicle and it's flexible enough that you can add your own touches and options and all of that to bring whatever you desire with you. Well, I think, I think you hit on it. Uh, and I've coveted something along these lines for a long time. It is basically a glorified canopy that pops up. So you can, like you said, you have headroom with a, a kind of a half of a tent. Um, and then the rest is up to you. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, be sad if somebody gave me one of those cheap uh, renegades with a diesel in it <laughs> oh don't hold Green. your breath tony <laughs> oh man <laughs> but well, it, it is giving them away I'll, I'll take a green one yeah no, there you go and i'll take any color you want to send me <laughs> <laughs> well if you had to leave us with anything in particular um to, to advise us on i'm just going to call it 
shopping and buying for new RVs. I mean, you got, you live this, you eat, breathe, sleep this stuff all the time. We do it every year, every couple of years, every five years, every 20 years, whatever it is. What are the things that are most important that we might not think about uh, with your background? You've, you've got it all. Well, I, I wouldn't go that far, but I appreciate the kind words, but I would say evaluate what you want to do what is your are you an outside person are you an inside person um where do you go camping do you do boondocking do you like to stay in seasonal sites and so using that that's what i use to to shop for an rv and then i look beyond the cabinetry and all of that i look at the chassis and how it's built and the components used and there's there's a huge difference and then the build process so, in fact, because I'm stupid, I'm shopping for a new RV myself right now. So there you go. Because, you know, I have the vintage. We have an existing one. We are selling the existing one and, and want to buy one where I can spend more time on the road and need a little bit of office space. So, you know, I picked the worst time in the world to shop for an RV, but that's not surprising. Well, anybody armed with your experience uh, will probably still have better luck than the rest of us. And I hope you'll chronicle all of that for us. We could learn a lot from your experience going out there and doing what we don't do very often and certainly without your expertise. Tony Barthel, you can find him virtually every day at rvtravel.com, stressless. Why don't you give me that address again, just so that I can start practicing my meditation. <laughs> Stresslesscamping.com as well. There you go. Uh, always a pleasure. Fun to talk instead of just read your stuff. We might have to do this again sometime. I would be honored. That's Tony Barthel. I'm Scott Linden. You're listening to the RVTravel.com podcast. Thanks again, Tony. Ta-ta to you, but not to the rest of us because we've got a lot more to talk about. I've got a recall notice for you. We're going to talk about uh, managing your tank capacity via electronics and your feelings about all that right after this message from campgroundviews.com. You ever wanted to check out that campground, but it's 150 miles or 400 miles away? Well, you can do it now at campgroundviews.com. You can literally, almost literally, but virtually drive through hundreds and hundreds and soon to be hundreds more campgrounds and take a look at every site. When you get to the site, you will know if it's available or not based on your calendar. You can book it on the spot right there. Campgroundviews.com is where you get all of that and a whole bunch more. Check it out. I've used it. I love the facility. It is going to be so easy for anybody on any medium with any amount of experience in the digital world. You will enjoy every aspect of it. Write it down, campgroundviews.com. All right, I promised you a recall, and it hits a little bit close to home. Are you a forest river owner? Do you own a Salem, a Wildwood, or a Stealth EVO travel trailer? Well, if it's built in 2019, 2020, or 2021, look out! 
Well, actually, you want to look out if you're driving behind one of those. The freshwater tank may not be properly secured to the vehicle's frame. Now, luckily for me, mine looked pretty solid when I was down there underneath it, getting all those boulders off the axle and things like that. So uh, I think we're in good shape. The rest of you, you might want to talk to your dealer. The manufacturer should be sending you a letter in the next couple weeks, but you heard it here first on the RVTravel.com podcast. You certainly don't want to lose your fresh water take as you're going down the road. That would be a real aggravating inconvenience or worse. Well, I've been doing this podcast for, I don't know, 23 episodes or so. And one thing I've learned in talking to people like Tony Barthel, among others, is that black water is a very hot topic. No surprise that when editor Emily Woodbury asked this question on the RVTravel.com website, you chimed in to the tune of 6,000 responses. How accurate are your holding tank gauges? 11% of you think you can trust them. They're very accurate. 48% say somewhat accurate, but not generally reliable. And 41% of you say, I can't rely on those. They're not accurate at all. That's not a very ringing endorsement for those gizmos and gadgets, but here we are. Your personal opinions are as valuable as anybody else's. Perry Butler says people actually believe those gauges. Every once in a while, I press those buttons for a good laugh. Dan says my gauges work on the same principles as the C-level gauges. No probes in the tank. All I had to do to make my gauges work accurately was to reattach the sending units to the outside of the tanks. Now there's a lesson. And finally... C. Lee said, the fresh water and gray water tanks are fine. Black water is a farce. That was with a C, by the way, farce. Don't go there. It's a family podcast. Oh, my. Yeah. I'm going to continue to empty mine whenever possible, just in case. And I bet you will, too. Well, that'll do it for the RVTravel.com podcast. I'm glad you could stick with me and with Tony Barthel. Gosh, that guy's a wealth of knowledge. Read all his stuff at the website. Thank you for listening. Sure would appreciate it if you tell one friend. And if you are a subscriber or you listen via Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, please leave a review at the site. Those are the ways we grow. Leave a review and rate us, of course. Appreciate that. I'm Scott Linden, your host. This is the RVTravel.com podcast. I'll leave you with this. You know, you might be an RVer if your idea of a well-manicured lawn is a clean patio mat. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you down the road.